How long have you two been together? Each other. Do you like each other? <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> And welcome to Two Women Chatting. I'm Michelle. And I'm Liz. So we've been going down memory lane to pick out our best bits to enter the British Podcast Awards. We've loved every single guest, but there were some real standouts, weren't there, that we thought we'd share with you again, especially as we've got a ton of new listeners in the last few months. And there's so many that we wanted to include, but we took the advice of our production team who know far more about these things than we do. And we went down the rabbit hole a bit. We laughed so hard at some of the chats and we really appreciated the amazing words of advice that guests have shared with us. So which ones stood out to you? What were your favourites, Liz? Do you know, there was loads and, and that's what I was really pleased having listened to, because you know I'm getting a bit nervous about talking and stuff. You know, going back over the past year and listening to, to, to our podcast... I'm quite impressed with myself. <laughs> Don't say as much as you, I agree, but I'm getting there. But, you know, some of the more intense and serious ones uh, were were really good because I think we, we, we le- I learned a hell of a lot. I don't know about you, but I learned a lot. And when we spoke to Gay and Roxy Longworth, that was, was a really quite, quite upsetting, I think, interview. Very powerful, wasn't it? Yeah, about yeah. coercion and sextortion. And I really hope that people have shared that with their kids. Yeah. Were there any funny ones that you loved? What what made you chuckle? Well, you know, my, well, I think Angie Best, and we've had her since on our messaging to email and, and to our Instagram, hasn't she, telling us off. But uh, she was fantastic. Good laugh. But I enjoyed the ones also when we just chat. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what we do. We do. Yeah. And I think, I think, I think there'd be, you know, I think, I think, you know, I know a lot of people have said that to me, that they really enjoyed us chatting away because it's like they're sitting with us having a laugh, trying to join in. So which were your favourites? Oh, my gosh, so many. Um, I really liked Midlife Burnout with Marianne Jones. And we had a few listeners, didn't we, who had contacted us and said um, their partners had ended up being signed off work. I think that was a big message. Um, Judy Dench loved her, of course. Um, talking about heartbreak with Rosie Green. Tweakments with Alice Hart Davis. Oh my gosh, Jasmine, when she was talking about how to make a bit of cash down the back of the sofa. And that is so useful and pertinent still today. You know, I know we oh, did it how many totally. months ago, but gosh, you know, and I, I sort of referred to that again in some resources that I've been rewriting for the website because there is so much out there that can There really can is. Help. And yeah. going back to like last September when we talked to Jenny Faulkner about collagen, you know, I took it for a long time and then I stopped. And do you know what? My nails are wrecked. So I'm back on it again. So that's not an ad, but it actually, I can confirm it works. I, I'm exactly the same. I mean, it is expensive collagen, but I'm thinking in the long term, it, it will save a lot on facials <laughs> because really, I'm, <laughs> but also just sort of um, aches and pains. I am, I have noticed the difference. I, I was very cynical. I'll be honest, thinking all oh, just is load of rubbish. It's, it works. It really does work. And she said, it's not an ad. It's not an ad, but we do still have um discount for Colo Health on our website. So on blogs and resources, um, that and CBD. In the end, we had to pick five clips, really hard to do. And we thought maybe you'd like to enjoy hearing them again too. And what we're really proud of is that our podcast has become 
well, more than just a podcast, actually. We've worked really hard on our blogs and resources on the website to support every topic that we cover and a whole ton more. Liz has worked endlessly on this. Um, you can find everything on www.twowomenchatting.com. All right. Well, first up on our little memory lane uh, montage is Tony Hargis, my great friend and author, who wrote a book that honestly, it should be part of the school curriculum in high school. And it's called How to Stand Up to Sexism. Take a listen. And the thing is, Michelle, what, what you were saying, well, your heart was racing. So a lot of in this book, I encourage women to actually practice so if you've got an ongoing situation at work or in meetings where you know the same thing is going to happen, if you practice, it almost builds up muscle memory and you don't flap and the whole sentence comes out. It doesn't peter off at the end and then, you know, you lie in bed at three o'clock going, oh, I can't believe I did that. that. Yeah. Um, so there, there is definitely a, a use to, to practicing these words. It's not, it's not a how to prevent book. I don't, I don't mm. want to give that impression because... You can't prevent sexism and it's not our responsibility anyway. But but I do think that if you um, have an ongoing situation, you can train yourself almost to address yeah. it without, you know. Yeah, and a lot of the things, a lot of the words that you suggest... Uh, you know, there's an ongoing theme, really. You know, you can you can address it with sarcasm or irony or for real, honestly. Is, is that yeah. what you wanted to say to me? So I think if you can almost grasp the tonality of the words. You can find those words because it arms you, it weaponizes you verbally mm -hmm. to find your own words to say something yeah. back instead of being accepting all the time. And, and that's why, you know, for every single issue, I've got probably 5, 10, 15 options because it's not a one size fits all. That's what I liked in the book. There's different options because everyone's got different personalities. Yeah. I wouldn't dream of saying some of the things, but mm -hmm. I wish I'd been able to say, did you really say that out loud? Yeah. And that's also the context, you know. you know, sometimes you've got to think of your own personal safety mm. or your job security. So one answer is not going to be the same as, you know, in two different contexts. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's, you have to just ignore it. You know, there are, there are occasions where it's best to say nothing. Now, safety, I'm glad you've touched on that because what do you do if it's, Late at night, you're walking down the road and you get a sense that, you know, somebody's eyeing you up or they, they even say something to you. When is the right time to just ignore it and just get the heck out of there? And when is the time to say, are you staring at me? Like, for example, on the train, I've heard of a lot of scenarios when people have been on the train late at night and they've thought, God, I'm such an idiot taking this last train. We shouldn't have to feel worried and guilty. But they have started putting signs up on the trains, I've noticed, that said if you see someone being, they, you know, you think they've been harassed, you know, male or female, stay with them, say, are they OK? And that's really good, I think, they're starting to do that. It's nice that the signs are there, but whether or not people will well, do it. Well, there's a lot of emphasis at the moment on bystander intervention. And, they're, you know, touching on a sort of a different topic, there's a lot of guys out there doing bystander training for men mm -hmm. so that even if they wouldn't behave in a way like that, that, that they see other men behaving, they are encouraged and, and you know, motivated to step in. I think you called it being upstander, yeah. not a yeah. bystander, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which yeah. Is, which that's is, a great thing to teach our sons. Yeah, that, I think the younger generation, you know, we've got 20-year-old 20, 20 sons. They I think we've got 20 kids old, between yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, not still, quite, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I know that you know, my son would say he, if he, he was walking behind someone, a, a girl on, on the street, 
at night, he would cross the road to make sure she didn't think that yeah. he was mm-hmm. running, which is great. And that's mm-hmm. where yeah. the book does have a lot of, you know, very useful information that, that made me think, you know, yeah. why didn't I, I tell would. them that? Yeah. I knew it would make As you, you know, think. I'm going to say this, I was a little bit concerned. I didn't want it to be, you know, I thought it might be a, a, a man bashing book. It is certainly not. It's quite the opposite. It is fantastic. <laughs> and it's got some great, great suggestions and one-liners which I laughed at as well some of them I love some of the quotes oh my god you know some of these incredibly famous women who have you know no one can make you feel inferior without your consent Mm. Eleanor Roosevelt my coach said I ran like a girl and I said if he could run a little faster he could too I love that that isn't that brilliant (laughs) yeah Angie Best, well-known model, personal trainer and founder of Absolute Best, originally came on the podcast to talk about CBD, but we found ourselves talking about so much more, empty nests, second springs and friendships, and she had us laughing so hard, didn't she, Liz? Angie is a total legend. How long have you two been together? Not that long, actually. You moved in, what, four years? Yeah, about four, four years, years ago. ago. Yeah. And we're neighbours. So we yeah. live a couple of doors down from yeah. each other. Do you like each other? <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> we actually laugh a lot. When we're, when we're preparing all this stuff, sometimes we're like crying with yeah. laughter. Yeah. If we could just encapsulate that sometimes, that, that yeah. would be what I want to put on the podcast. Yeah, and that's what's good about It'll it. Yeah, we, we, get it. We have proper belly laughs and that's what you don't always get in life when you get a bit older. But the know? thing is, as well, we've just learned such a lot because like, I wouldn't have looked at CBD as a topic to talk about, but we, we just sort of go through our lives and think, well, what interests you? You know, yeah. I'm really worried about, I don't know, human trafficking or, you know, yeah. all these different topics have become such interesting fodder for us and I feel like our brains have expanded because we're not just talking about school and university and where your kids are going and you know that stuff has a place but I'm bored of all that I'm in my 50s and an empty nester so we just love we just chatting yeah (laughs) we just love chatting really having a good old gossip yeah Yeah, that's what we do when I became an empty nester I got something else that I got something that was equally as difficult to look after I got myself a horse Oh, so I don't understand that missing you because I see mine all the time. So I don't understand that missing your child thing. I was actually quite happy to have him out the house. God's sakes. <laughs> my fridge. Finally, when I went to the grocery store, my fridge stayed full. I know. And oh, the, uh, less laundry. Yeah, and yeah, oh, yeah. You can the, the find note, all your glasses the, and your mugs yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And clothes haven't been borrowed. Yeah. Less than 42 years later. <laughs> But yeah, what you're saying about CBD is so interesting and it is remarkable how many, like I'm just looking at this, Parkinson's, I don't even know what dyskinesia is, psoriasis, broken mm. bones, irritable bowel syndrome, yep. schizophrenia, mm. yep. Yep. Um, ADHD. Yep. Uh, babes, can I tell you, I have young children as um, who are autistic and who um, go have fits when their parents give them my CBD the fits don't happen. The ADHD, it it calms down because the CBD works in your brain. You have receptors for it. So these receptors are finally getting to work and they're allowing the brain to create more serotonin. They're allowing it to calm down. So all these little problems, little problems, they're not little to the parents. Mm. And then when the parents buy it for the kids, I tell them to take it too because they need Mm. it more than the kids do. 
And I wouldn't say I'm a particularly anxious person, but sometimes I can get nervous. You don't say. I have found. No, it's a good front, though. Honestly, Angie, it's more of a front. Mm -hmm. When we first started doing this and and when I'm doing other things, if I get up to speak, my stomach is in knots and I feel really sick. And I have started taking CBD an hour or so before I do something that might make me anxious. And whether it's placebo or not, and and I know you're going to say it's not placebo, but in my head, I just, I just take a breath. Like I had to go and have my dog put down a few months ago and I took CBD before I went and I know I was a bit more mellow. But you controlled the situation better. Yeah. Yeah. Caroline Harris is the Labour MP for Swansea East. Um, She's a patron of the menopause mandate that we've supported for a long time now, and she works tirelessly on campaigns for menopause recognition and change in the workplace. She chairs the Menopause All-Party Parliamentary Group and co-chairs the government's menopause task force. Her private member's bill in 2021 led to commitments from the government to dramatically reduce the cost of NHS HRT prescriptions in England, and we now have that prescription that is available to everybody to sign up and pay your annual prescription charge just once a year. And she's tackled wider societal issues that impact women's menopause experiences. Have a listen to Carolyn. trying to change um, through government and through your work with the menopause mandate? What I want to see is I want to see every woman being able to have choices about our own self. And by that, I needed to be able to access information, education, diagnosis, medication, or whatever it is she wants to do, whatever activity is going to help her. And I wanted to be able to do with her life whatever she wants to do without being held back because of the menopause, whether that's stay in work, whether it's to seek promotion, whether it's to have a life of luxury laying on a lounge somewhere, whatever she wants to do, it needs to be because she wants to do it and she's got the right support to help her and allow her to do that. It's about choice, isn't it, yeah, really? It is. And at the moment, we don't have that no. choice. I must say, I felt very lucky this morning as I was popping my oestrogel on my on my legs this morning. I thought, how lucky are we mm. that we even have access to this? Mm. And how unlucky are we that right now I'm, I'm careful with my one, two mm. pumps. I don't mm. use more. I don't overuse it. Why is there such a shortage at the moment? And, and do you think it's going to change much? The shortage is, you know, hands up on this. The shortage is because we've raised awareness of what the menopause is. And as a result of that, more women have gone and asked for the medication, as a result of which there's been more prescribed. But as a result of that, the procurement of the most popular um, of the HRT products has gone out of stock. And there's been a switch in to other products, which have meant they've now gone out of stock. And we need to find a better way of making sure that all women have access to all HRT if they choose to take it. And that to do that, we need a national formulary so that every GP, every pharmacist knows all the products that are available, all the products that can be prescribed and all the products which will help a woman to live a normal life. But you said that this morning you felt how lucky you were to be able to put on um, HRT. I worry about the many, many, many thousands of women who don't know that HRT can help them because they don't know they're menopausal because there's not conversations mm. they've ever had. 
It's not something they've ever talked about. It's not somebody you've ever told them about. So they go through life suffering and they probably see them as separate individual symptoms, not linking them up and not realising that if you put all these little niggles and little symptoms together, they actually create one condition, which is the menopause. And they are the women I really feel that we owe. We owe, we owe them mm. that we actually allow everybody yeah. to know what it means and what, what you can do to help it. Next up is the gorgeous and classy Anthea Turner. Didn't we love talking to her, Liz? We did. Oh, she's TV presenter, ex-Blue Peter presenter, actually, author of How to Age Well. And she taught us to stand tall, our shoulders back, enter a room with a smile, plus a whole lot more to help us age well and not self-sabotage, which is definitely something I'm guilty of. She'll be joining us again, actually, on the podcast to talk about divorce. Unfortunately, a frightening percentage of adults over the years sabotage their own health with lifestyle choices. Now, I'm not monastic about this at all. I, you know, I work most mostly on the 80-20 rule. If you make 80% of your decisions are good ones, and you've got 20%, the cake, the wine, and all the little naughties that we all thoroughly enjoy and make life worth it. So I think it's I think it's that, and I and I think as got, as I've got older, I have done that thing that you always when we're younger we always laugh at older people for doing because you're very worried about your health. Your health becomes top of your to do list. You start thinking about your health more so. And I know that when I tipped sixty, my sixtieth birthday, and I was during lockdown, it was oh yeah 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 that's fine. You know, you're not going to notice a huge amount of difference. But what I did notice was what was actually then going on in my head, more just during the first year of my 60s, because it's all very kind. You know, people can say, oh, don't worry, you don't look your age. And, you know, 60s, the new 50. Well, it's not. It's not. 60, 60. And if you start to do the maths and you live to the national average and you say goodbye to this mortal world somewhere in your 80s, Frankly, you haven't got that long. <laughs> you know, you've got to make the best of it. So I think what we do do is, and whether we discuss it or not, I, I, I'm not sure. I don't. I, I think we try not to, but actually, we can see our mortality, and we also then see we start to look at other people. And I know that my parents, who are still with us, and they're in their um, late 80s, early 90s, but you actually start to see where the tipping point is even if you've known good health when people start to really slow down get ill think things happen and I and I all I want to do for myself and honestly you know we diagnose a cancer tomorrow you don't know there's Parkinson's I mean there's a whole list of things that you can get but don't be a saboteur really don't be a saboteur and it comes down sadly to what goes in your mouth and how much you need Finally, founder of the Good Grief Trust, Linda Magistris, helps us lean in to talk about grief and how it has no timeline. Her organisation is run by the bereaved for the bereaved and it helps support everyone facing grief or experiencing grief. We had so many listeners write to us and say how much this chat helped them in their own journeys. It, um, it really resonated, didn't it, Liz? 
well, when you listen to the clip, you'll understand. Just be proactive. And, and as you said, Michelle, you know, there is no timeline for grief. So 40 years down the line, you can still be impacted. You can still have really painful triggers. You can be out in the, in, in the shops, you know, you're going down Tesco's in the aisle where you see your dad's favorite cheese. And, and that can absolutely take, you know, your breath away. We have to acknowledge all those things along the way can absolutely floor you. Um, you know, when you're at work and, and somebody's, you know, had a bereavement, now we're working very closely with, with employers to try and put bereavement policies into, into organizations so that we can be much more flexible and understanding with the work, um, you know, work colleagues and across the network to, to try and help us all just be more natural. And, and, you know, there can't be anything more natural than, than dying. Um, so, you know, we've got to really get to grips with that and just trying to be um, normalised grief, really, because I think we've medicalised a lot of it. It's been taken away from us. Mm. I, th- I think that's it. And I think that people need to remember that 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 you, you need people after the funeral, or after the cremation. It, it's not just then. I think sort of six months later is probably the time when when you may need most support um, from the from my, my my sister in law, for example. I know she'll be listening. You know, she needs the support now. It was you know, it, it, it's not. It was then. Obviously, everyone's was there for her, and same with my mother. And then everyone just sort of maybe, maybe tails off a bit. I think. I think we must remember, as you said, it's a timeline. I think, especially with women as well, who are, are left behind. If if husband dies or partner dies, there can be that awkward kind of, oh, well, do we invite them and they're a single, <laughs> or do they make up numbers, or are they going to be after my husband? Yeah, but, you know, is that awful mm. to say? It's probably awful. No, to my say. mother said that she wasn't invited to things because she was seen as a threat. So we really hope you enjoyed this trip down memory lane with us, or perhaps it was the first time you've heard some of these. But the full episodes are still available from all podcast platforms like Spotify and Amazon Music and Apple. And they're through our website, or you can get them on our Instagram, which is at Two Women Chatting. There's a link in the bio. So please, it means a lot to us if you can rate, review, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and on podcast platforms like Apple. And don't forget, we always do supporting blogs on all kinds of subjects that you'll find on our website, www.twowomenchatting.com. And can I add that I'd love people to send us guest blogs or articles that they've written or they, or they or stuff that they want us to write, you know, and, and research. We're really keen to do that because that's what we're here for. Much as we love our chatting, which we do, and, and chatting to experts and, 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 you know, celebrities, we also want to hear from our listeners and what, what really they, they want to know about And I love researching. And you're good at it. And we are more than a podcast. So, yeah, please send them in. Um, We should give them our email then, which is twowomenchatting at gmail.com. So send it in there or message us on Instagram. And please rate, review, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and on Apple or Spotify. And don't forget those blogs on all kinds of subjects that you can find on our website, www.twowomenchatting.com. Chat soon. Hi. Thanks for listening to Two Women Chatting with our special guests. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review. Even better, share with your friends. And please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. There's a link on our Instagram bio and Facebook pages. 